Last Sunday, parishes all over Canada heard from the Canadian Organization for Development and Peace about their campaign this year to end world hunger. At the same time, world leaders were meeting in Rome for the World Summit on Food Security. And on Monday, they unanimously adopted a declaration pledging renewed commitment to eradicate hunger from the face of the earth in a sustainable manner and at the earliest date. This is a good start. Here in North America, most of us have a hard time imagining what it's like to be hungry. Even those who suffer hunger in our cities, and they exist, don't really get what it's like to not be able to have three meals a day or to have a choice of cereal in the morning. I think we have to do more than just eradicate hunger. We have to change people's attitude towards food. And we have to change how governments are influenced to make and enforce policy. There are one billion hungry people in the world who are hungry all the time. They are not hungry because there is no food. They are hungry because you and I eat too much. They are hungry because you and I are wasteful with our food. Because you and I spend $5 on a specialty coffee every other day. I've talked about this before. They say that in some developed countries, 2 to 4% of the population, only 2 to 4% are able to produce enough food to feed the entire nation and even to export. While in the majority of developing countries, 60 to 80% of the population are not able to meet their own country's food needs. So what's wrong? You see, we can feed everyone in the planet and still have enough left over to feed everyone in the planet once more if countries begin to lay down policies that support local farmers instead of the large food transnationals that dominate the food industry. Eliminating hunger would require only $44 billion a year. This is a small number if we consider the $1,340 billion spent for military purposes every year. Since the summit was in Rome, Pope Benedict was able to make an appearance. And he said that, I quote, Hunger is the most cruel and concrete signs of poverty. Opulence and waste are no longer acceptable when the tragedy of hunger is assuming ever greater proportions. The Pope called for greater understanding of the needs of the rural world. He said, in order to achieve these objectives, it is necessary to separate the rules of international trade from the logic of profit viewed as an end in itself. It's true. The ability to feed ourselves is a basic human right and that doesn't mean a bowl of rice a day. It's not a surprise that a lot of what Jesus did was feed the people. So let us pray, as the Holy Father concluded in his address, that God bless our efforts to ensure that all people are given their daily bread. I'm Pedro, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Mero Spacani. And we continue to run the show with just the two of us because Chris is still in the Holy Land. And he's stuck there for another two weeks. Yeah, stuck. <laughs> hey, what, a, what, a, what a pity. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a good show. We will be a bit low on news, though, Pedro. Yeah, but you know what? We can catch up when he returns, and um, we will speak to him on the phone again today. Not so much about news, but to see how he's doing, and uh, and you can tell us about anything new that's going on. Okay, well, the Archdiocese of Toronto is very happy to announce the, this p- piece of news, and also for us, since these are two friends yes. of Salt and Light. So, Father Bill McGran, who's the rector at St. Peter's Seminary, and Father Vincent Nguyen, are both going to be ordained bishops. That's right. So we have two new auxiliary bishops in Toronto. 
um, we've been running. We're supposed to have four, and we've been running with just two. So now we have two n two new ones. Um, but they're not. But, but they're not uh, strangers to us. I mean, no, they're Father not. Father Bill no, has been a regular on Vox Claire, and Father Vincent. Funny enough, is my my parish priest, my family's parish priest. He was priest, your so. parish priest, and and he was he was the chancellor of spiritual spiritual affairs and moderator of the Curia. So that's Father Vincent Newen, and uh, and Father Bill McGratton. So yeah, so we welcome Father Bill and Father Vincent to Toronto, or maybe I should be saying Bishops Bill and Bishop Vincent. I guess I guess that's how I don't works. know. Anyway, those ordinations will be in January. So that's the news, and uh, we'll have events later on with you, Mary Rose. And our featured artist today is Tony Melendez. We're very excited th that he's going to be on the show. Tony was born with no arms, but he plays guitar with his feet. And, and that'll be in about half an hour. And before that, we'll be speaking with the director of the Catholic Organization for Life and Family, Michel Boulevard, about the bill, as you know, Mary Rose, that's in front of uh, a parliament right now that would legalize or is looking to legalize uh, euthanasia and assisted suicide. Um, but we will start with our featured artist, Tony Melendez, with his song, You Are His Miracle, from his album, Never Be the Same. Very streets, her friends walk down. She's sick, she's dying, they all know. Exhausted wisdom of the world. She's still afflicted, where is the cure? Just touch the border, others close. There's no affliction he cannot ease. There is no captive he can release. There is no wrong he cannot hide. There is no lust he cannot tame. There's no unknown he cannot name. There is no cripple he cannot teach to walk, to run, to dance, to Coming clear 
Tony Melendez from his album Never Be the Same with his song You Are His Miracle and now Mary Rose you are also the miracle <laughs> the miracle of events it's time to look at our first half of events okay so the first miracle in Vancouver <laughs> is the Canadian Youth Workers Convention okay. so for people like you Pedro yes very involved in youth ministry um, you can register for this now even though it's December 3rd to 6th for the event a Thursday to a Sunday at the Sheraton Vancouver Wall Center. Now the full registration price for the conference is $350, but it's really worth it. They're, they're great topics. It um, is, I was actually there when it was in Toronto last year and I it's phenomenal because it's not just for Catholics, it's for all people in, in, in ministry, in Christian youth ministry. So it's great to meet uh, other Christians that are in the same thing. And of course there are Catholics that, that will be uh, a part of that. So that's really exciting. And they're also covering topics really important to know for, for families and, and young people. And some controversial topics. So aside from the big names like Reginald Bibby, Mark Buchanan and Mike Love, uh, there are talks by people like Brian Pangeli, you know him. Mm -hmm. So he's from New Directions Ministries and his talk is called The Youth Room Has a Closet Too, Ministering to Same-Gendered Attracted Youth. Yes, interesting. So that's, uh, I'm glad he's putting that out there and it will give ideas on how to understand and mentor to teens mm -hmm. who are trying to put the pieces of their faith and sexuality together. Right, excellent. And there's also a, a, a topic by Cheryl Coop and it's everything you wanted to know about teenage girls, but we're afraid to ask. Oh, I should go to so that. <laughs> not, not, not open to girls, only to guys. And she has seven sisters, so she knows this topic really yeah, well. I should have done that 40 years ago. <laughs> so that, that, that's a great uh, convention right there. Now, Advent and Christmas are in the air. So another choir to an another performance concert to present today is the Corpus Christi College Chamber Choir presenting Sing Noel. This is an afternoon of incredible music and Christmas spirit with something for everyone. Twists on Christmas classics from Handel, Rudder, and Vivaldi, sing-along carols, and contemporary favorites. Right. So it's uh, Sing Noel, and it's sure to place you in the Christmas spirit for the rest of December. Nice. So this choir will be singing on Sunday, December 6th from 2 to 4 p.m. at St. Patrick's Church in Vancouver. Vancouver. Tickets are $15, available in advance and at the door. So for more information, go to www.corpuschristi.ca. Now Edmonton, coffee house for young adults, taking beautiful deeper. 
So this is on Wednesday, November 25th at 7 p.m. in St. Joseph's Basilica. As you know, um, the uh, Archdiocese has been holding the Nothing More Beautiful Evangelization Series. Right. And this particular evening is an evening of reflection on the catechesis and witness presented in the Nothing More Beautiful Series. Mm -hmm. So the dialogue will focus on relationship with God and faith and how these can be integrated into daily living. So future coffee houses, however, are set for January 20th, March 3rd, May 12th. Right. And for more information, go to the Archdiocesan website. Yeah, we'll be reminding people about that. Now, Calgary. This has been mentioned before, but it's, it's happening quite frequently. Mm -hmm. There's the Rachel's Vineyard Retreat for women and men suffering from a past abortion experience. Yeah. So the next uh, RV retreat, they call that, Rachel's Vineyard Retreat, will be held from November 27th to 29th. And you can contact the Project Rachel office mm -hmm. um, toll-free at 1-877-597-3223 or via email, projectrachel at rcdiocese.ab.ca. Okay. And finally for this segment, Regina, I know this is looking far ahead, but just to give a heads up, mm -hmm. um, on December 14th, um, hosted by the Holy Family Spiritual Enrichment Committee, a monthly event, is the Vocation Testimony and Adoration. So the evening usually begins at 7.30 p.m. with a 20-minute testimony from one of their diocesan priests, followed by adoration from 8 to 9 p.m. Okay. with specific prayers for priests. So this is for the Year of the Priest, particularly. And everyone is welcome to attend. Check out the Archdiocesan website for more information. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mary Rose. So that's it for events for now. We'll be back with more events in a little while, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And now joining us on the phone from Israel is Chris Dimitrenko. Chris, how are things? Well, actually, I'm in Bethlehem yes. in, uh, in the Palestinian territories, and uh, it's been going very well. This is uh, this is our third week here uh, in the Holy Land, Pedro. Yes, I apologize. I keep saying you're in Israel because I think Holy Land, Israel, but you're right. You're actually in Palestine, technically, in Bethlehem. A couple weeks ago, Chris, you uh, told us about a young woman uh, who is is attending, a student at uh, Bethlehem University, who had been deported back to Gaza, I believe, and she's not able to graduate Berlanti Azam. Um, uh, do you have any updates on her situation? Yes, I do. And uh, I think that it's a remarkable story, and it's interesting that it's, it's got legs, because uh, uh, because we weren't sure if, if this would have sustained interest after it initially made some international media. But just in this past week, there have been stories on CNN, stories in the BBC, and here's why. Back on November 12th, Thursday, the Supreme Court ordered the military to have an administrative army hearing. Basically, they were saying that the army should have a hearing that they should have held in the first place before deporting Berlanti back to Gaza. What had happened was Berlanti was traveling from Bethlehem University to Ramallah, which is north of Jerusalem, for a job interview. Right. And so this is uh, at a checkpoint that's within the Palestinian territories where, where the Israelis are operating the checkpoints. They saw that, she, uh, that, that her certificate, the personal certificate identification, said that she was from Gaza, and uh, they say that, that her permit uh, only allowed her to, to come to the, the West Bank from Gaza for a number of days, and that her permit wasn't valid. I see. So they, they, uh, 
they blindfolded her, handcuffed her, and and basically dumped her back in into Gaza uh, in the night. Now this uh, the Supreme Court said that they must have an administrative army hearing, and and they did this. This happened on on Wednesday, November 18th. And what what we don't know the results of this this hearing yet uh, because they must submit a decision, the administrative army hearing to the Supreme Court on Sunday, November 22nd. Uh -huh. And here's what could happen. Okay. Uh, it could take a few days for them to decide. Uh, the Supreme Court could decide that the army was justified in sending Berlanti back to Gaza, uh, which would be a, a very difficult situation for her, because once she's back there, it's very difficult for them to leave, because there isn't a freedom of movement within the, the two Palestinian territories right. for someone to leave Gaza and go back to the West Bank. The economic situation in the West Bank is, or in Gaza, rather, uh, is, is such that there's far fewer opportunities and certainly no opportunity to uh, to leave and, and travel in the way that people in the West Bank can go to Jordan and, and you know, have many more opportunities to, to, to travel the world and, and, and find, employment, uh, exactly. find employment elsewhere. Exactly. But they could also decide that Berlanti can go back to Bethlehem University and complete her degree uh, I spoke with uh, I spoke with uh, the director of the, the legal department of Gisha, which is the human rights group representing her, uh -huh. and uh, they were saying you know that every day really counts for Berlanti as she's trying to complete her degree. And I also spoke with uh, Berlanti herself, known as Betty, really, yeah. uh, to to her friends here at the university. And and one thing, Pedro, that uh, that really struck me is this: this isn't an activist who is going to the courts to try and press the courts for uh, for some ideological purpose. Um, this is a student who, who wants to go back to school, and even though she's had a lot of uh, done a lot of media already, you know she was so grateful and so so willing to to be available for uh, for, for our cameras. We hope to be doing a, an interview with her. Okay, uh, that, that will be airing later on 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 Salt and Light Television in a future production, and just so uh, thankful that that people are, are rallying around to help her. And, in fact, one of the... Uh, I, I know that... I believe that some of the American church officials have uh, have sent letters on her behalf, but also the uh, uh, Archbishop Brendan O'Brien from the Archdiocese of Kingston has also sent a letter uh, pressing, I believe it was the Israeli consulate, uh, to to ensure that she can, she can go back and complete her degree. Wow, that's fascinating. Chris, thank you so much for talking uh, with us today. We're not going to speak to you until you get back uh, two weeks from now. Um, so all the best in the next two weeks uh, while you're in Bethlehem, okay? Okay, thank you, Pedro. So that was Chris Dimitrenko, our Salt and Light News producer, who spoke to us on the phone from Bethlehem. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel. Sirius 159 and XM 117. The Canadian Parliament is currently considering a bill to legalize euthanasia and physician-assisted suicide. This is Bill C-384, proposed by Bloc Québécois Member of Parliament Francine Lalonde, and it's a bill that would alter the criminal code to allow doctors to cause quick and painless death if a patient, and I quote, appears lucid. 
if the patient is also aware of other treatment options and has made two written requests. So that's kind of a, a brief outline. Um, because it's a private member's bill, this bill, C-384, already received one hour of debate on October 2nd and is scheduled for a second hour of debate on December 1st with a vote the following day. And to help us sort out what the legalization of euthanasia or assisted suicide would mean for Canadians, we're joined now by Michelle Boulevard. She's the director of COLF, the Catholic Organization for Life and Family. Michelle, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Hello. So, Michelle, what is the current state of the law in Canada right now? Well, right now, the criminal code says that euthanasia uh, is a first-degree murder okay. if it is planned, and a second-degree murder if it is not planned. So and in both cases, uh, you get a life sentence. Uh, and for assisted suicide, that's a separate offense in the criminal code and with a maximum penalty of 14 years. Okay, and, uh, okay so maybe we need to just b- b- take a step back and clarify the difference between euthanasia and assisted suicide. I think a lot of people are confused about those two. Yes, and there is a lot of confusion. You're right. Uh, euthanasia is the intentional killing of someone with or without his or her consent, uh-huh. either by act or omission. Okay. And assisted suicide is when a person kills himself or herself with the help of another person who provides the means to carry out the act. Okay, so then the basic difference is that in euthanasia, someone else does the killing, which is why it would be murder, and in, in assisted suicide, I would kill myself, which is why it's suicide, but it's assisted. With my f- help. So, so the help being p- p- uh, presumably the doctor, which is quite, why it's usually called physician-assisted suicide, in that the doctor uh, writes a prescription Yes, and it could be also uh, a needle. So, so, but the, but the doctor does not... Uh, oh, you were talking about assisted suicide. Assisted yes, suicide. a prescription, and so the patient gets the, 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 the fills, has it filled out, has it filled and up, will take it whenever, takes the pill whenever he or he feels like it. Okay, so... You know, you mentioned just before about confusion, and I yeah. think it's very important at this time to, dis- to make the distinction between euthanasia and the refusal of aggressive treatment. Okay, because yeah. Because when death is imminent and, you know, it's really coming, it's perfectly legitimate to refuse medical procedures which are disproportionate with the, uh, to the desired results okay. or too burdensome for the patient uh, to, you know, to suffer. The, and, and the other thing that's important and people don't seem to know is that it's, there's no legal obligation in Canada to receive treatment. You can accept or refuse any treatment or ask that it be discontinued. Okay, so uh, can you give us an example? So if I'm... If well, I'm for example, let's say um, you are receiving uh, artificial nutrition and hydration, okay, which is like considered ordinary care, so not through treatment. Through a tube. In principle, it's supposed to be given to the patient, okay? okay? Because you need food and water to live. Now, near the end of life, when the body... Uh, is no longer able to assimilate food and water, uh-huh. or then that that procedure becomes too burdensome. It can make the patient suffer more. Okay. So in that case, it's perfectly okay to discontinue even artificial nutrition and hydration. Okay. The other uh, thing people uh, wonder about is the withdrawal or the withholding of uh, extraordinary treatment, disproportionate treatment, when the burdens outweigh the benefit. Okay. 
if you do that, if you withdraw or withhold that type of treatment, which is disproportionate, it is not euthanasia. Okay. There's I, a really big difference between allowing someone to die and making someone die. Yes, okay. And, and, and I guess that that's where the, a bit of the shady area um, it lies. I wanted to, since you brought up the, the, the issue of extraordinary care and ordinary care, because I know, I remember when, when the whole issue with Terry Schiavo was, was happening, that that, that that was the issue, that she was, she was denied food and water yes. because it was considered extraordinary care because she required a feeding tube. Is that the same the case no, in Canada? No, because, you see, legally speaking, that was not euthanasia. Uh, but medically or <laughs> morally speaking, it was because she was not dying at all. She at was all. healthy, yeah. She and so there was no uh, reason to to uh, starve her to death or make her be become dehydrated. So yes, that was euthanasia. Okay, I see. But so, but my question is: here in Canada, is food and water that requires a tube considered extraordinary care? That is what we called artificial nutrition or okay. hydration. Okay. And that's ordinary care, and it's supposed to be given to patients. Okay. Except if, if it becomes too burdensome, like at the end of life. Okay, let's talk... When they, you know, yeah. No, sorry, um, let's talk a bit about specifically about the bill and what, what it would mean, but just a note for anyone joining the program at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm your host, Pedro. We're speaking to the director of the Catholic Organization for Life and Family, Michel Boulevard, about the bill that's uh, uh, in front of Parliament uh, right now uh, that would u uh, legalize euthanasia and assisted suicide. So what, what specifically does this bill say? Well, would as you mentioned in your introduction, uh, this bill would legalize euthanasia and assisted so suicide both. in Canada. Okay. Uh, what's important to understand is this is not only for the terminally ill. A person could request euthanasia uh, right after being diagnosed, let's say, with uh, cancer okay. and not be actively dying. That person could still have many good years to live and just ask for, for euthanasia right away. Okay. Oh, it, and the bill also says uh, it would allow for the killing of anyone 18 years old and over who okay. requests it uh, at 10 days of interval mm -hmm. and who uh, people who are in severe chronic mental or physical pain or depression right even if the peop those people have refused appropriate treatment okay so in fact it would allow uh, a physician to kill uh, someone within two weeks uh, if uh, there is another physician who also confirmed their condition. Yeah. And if the person, the bill says, appears to be lucid, you must just appear to be lucid. Right, which, which is incredible. Anything. Yeah, I know. Okay, well, uh, let me just play devil's advocate here for a second, because I understand as, as a Catholic or as a Christian why I would think that, that, that suicide is wrong. But if someone wants to end their life, w w why not? help them <laughs> sorry well what's wrong see, with this which uh, uh, something really incredible i would answer with this way in quebec uh, in the province of quebec for example every year there is a whole week of suicide prevention okay yeah. because we feel it's terrible people should not let people kill themselves like that okay mm -hmm. because we recognize that each person has an inherent dignity uh, that cannot be taken away by a lack of uh, uh, physical or mental health, okay? Yeah. So this dignity needs to be respected. Yeah. So we cannot help somebody kill himself or herself. So we are called to help them ease their pain, to make them comfortable, to try we to... Are her you know, yes, exactly. We're, we're called to eliminate the pain and not the patient, not the person. 
Right. You understand? So killing is not an adequate response to no, pain. No, c- caring can never be killing. Is it possible that the pain can be so unbearable that it cannot be relieved? Uh, the uncontrollable pain is quite, quite rare. The physicians I've talked to and specialists in, in palliative care and pain control say that in 99% of cases, severe pain can be relieved. And so if it is not always relieved, it is often because some physicians lack formation in pain management. Right, yes. And uh, the, the uh, palliative care alternative is really the alternative uh, when people are uh, nearing the end of life and they are going through difficult times and, uh, you know, uh, difficult, a lot of pain. And in the extreme cases when... Um, the uh, medication cannot control the pain, there is what they call palliative sedation. Yes. Uh, it's like a, an artificial sleep where pe- a person do not feel their pain. Okay, of course, this seda- palliative sedation uh, is, is quite all right, uh, as long as the intention is to control the pain and not to kill and the not patient. not to kill the person. Um, I, I, w- I wanted to ask you, what... Um, May I say something? Yes, go ahead. We hear a lot about choice. You know, this is my choice. Yes. You know, and this idea of choice and autonomy is really an illusion. Mm-hmm. Because a bill like Bill C-384 is not about choice. It's about giving physicians the right to directly and intentionally cause death. Right. And for that reason, it, in, it endangers all Canadians because we're all going to get old and, you know, come, we'll die one day, all of us. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, so I think it would be uh, very uh, unfortunate, well, not more than unfortunate, it would be terrible if this uh, euthanasia would become, came, became uh, legal in Canada. Uh, who could trust doctors then, you know? Yeah, you, n- going to your doctor, you wouldn't know if he wants to kill you or, or let you live. Now, so, some people that, that uh, oppose this bill d- may not oppose the idea of euthanasia. They just oppose the bill because they feel it's too, uh, it's too broad. Do you think that it would be possible to legalize euthanasia and assisted suicide with the proper safeguards, or do you think that that's also a myth? Well, if you look at the experience of other countries, um, you realize that no matter what the pro-euthanasia uh, lobby says, um, the, there is a slippery slope. If you take, for example, the uh, what happened in um, Holland, yeah. uh, they, they now have a, a protocol called uh, the Groningen Protocol, yes. which allows for the euthanasia of newborn severely uh, newborns that are severely disabled. disabled. Yeah. This is eugenics. Yes. It is no longer just euthanasia. And that's yeah. And uh, yeah. And in that same country, uh, the many air well many I don't know some elderly people are moving to nearby Germany because they don't trust their doctors anymore and they're afraid of that their families will have them euthanized. So, so that they're moving to, ger- to Germany. So that other people will be making that decision for them. Exactly, if because, it, you know, the right to die, the so-called right to die, uh, soon becomes a, a duty to die. A duty to die. Especially when uh, the costs of healthcare are going up so much and our population is getting uh, older. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's, uh, it's, very worrisome. So people this, don't want to be a burden. This bill really is the perfect recipe for the abuse of the vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. You know? Which, it, yeah. Um, we're almost out of time, but I did want to ask you, if people want to get involved, what do you suggest that they do? Well, I would, three things, four things. One, number one, know the issues. Get yeah. informed. Two, 
get involved, write to your MPs, visit your MPs, write to the newspapers, call the radio shows, yeah. uh, join initiatives organized by, you know, uh, pro-life organizations, and mobilize others. Talk to your friends, to your family, you know, give them formation once you've gotten it for yourself. Yes. And uh, pray, in fact. Yes. As Christians, we know that those our spiritual arms are very powerful. Yes. So we need to pray for uh, our MPs. We need to pray for uh, the uh, people involved in the pro-youth in Asia uh, movement. Yes. Uh, we need to pray for uh, the, the people making decisions in, in uh, Parliament. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would say one last thing. Mm -hmm. uh, as a Christian, I'm talking now, there, there are many good religious reasons to oppose euthanasia and assisted suicide. Yes. Okay? But you really don't need to rely on these reasons especially in the public square, in a society where uh, there's an allergy to religious discourse. And there's no reason, because the fundamental reasons to say no to euthanasia and assisted suicide are uh, first and foremost purely natural yes. human reasons that yes. promote the well-being of all Canadians. Exactly, so it's not specifically a religious issue. No. Um, so I would suggest people visit uh, Call's website, yes. uh, www.colf.ca, yes. or the website of the Euthanasia Prevention Coalition, which is doing a fantastic yes. job in Canada. Yeah, excellent. So, And we will direct people to that website. We have those links actually off our website as well. Great. So, Michelle, thank you so much for speaking to us. Well, this my is a pleasure. fascinating topic, and we'll, we'll, be, we'll be paying attention to the news as the, as the weeks come. Great. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Michelle Boulevard. She's the director of the Catholic Organization for Life and Family. She spoke to us from Ottawa. If you want to know more about euthanasia and assisted suicide, as Michelle said, you should go to the COLF website. It's www.colf.ca and the Euthanasia Prevention Coalition. Just uh, type it into your search engine, Euthanasia Prevention Coalition. Both those links will be off our website, saltonlighttv.org slash radio. I also would like to invite you to go to our blog, at Salt and Light TV. I have a series of articles on the dignity of dying, which will be posted in the weeks to come. So that's again, saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And write to us, tell us what you think about this issue. Do you think euthanasia and assisted suicide should be legal? Send us your comments to radio at saltandlighttv.org and we will be happy to read them on the air. Hi, this is Sarah Hart and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and here now is our featured artist of the week, Tony Melendez, with his song, Hope, H-O-P-E, from his album, Esperanza. I could lose the path, might stumble if I walk, pouring down on me. I might fall if I talk, I could live through bad times. From what other people do I could spell out in letters What you and I should do It's the flame of hope that heats up my heart It's the answer to the question from the start H-O Take it one way trip direct and God's love 
Tony Melendez from his album Esperanza with his song H-O-P-E, Hope in Heaven. Tony Melendez was born in Nicaragua, son of a woman who was given the drug thalidomide to help calm morning sickness, but caused him to be born without arms. His family then moved to the United States where Tony grew up. Tony never saw himself as being different or disabled and never let his lack of arms get in the way of anything. There's very little he cannot do. I spoke to Tony earlier this week. Hello, Tony. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Hello, hello. It's so nice to be with you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, in, in 1987, you had the chance to play for Pope John Paul II. And uh, I love this because he said to you, Tony, you're a courageous young man and you're giving hope to us all. My wish to you is that you continue giving hope. I think that that moment changed your life. How how did that change your life? You know, it's 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 kind of like a dream. You know, I remember being there, and I you know I I, I was kissed by him uh, from then. But from that moment, from that very second, and that was a gift given from the youth of Los Angeles. Each uh, city, there was four cities involved, had a present to give the Pope a gift. Yeah, and when he kissed me, uh, you know the youth were like embraced at the same time uh okay. my life was different all of a sudden you know, that very second <coughs> and it, it literally uh you know with a, a papal kiss <laughs> has <laughs> taken me now what is it uh, 22 it, years it's yeah go 21 yeah. 22 somewhere in that ballpark yeah uh 
I've been on the road 15 to 25 days every month uh, ever since that day. And, and your message is, is exactly that, to continue giving hope to people. And, you know, that's kind of what I've been doing. You know, he said to continue doing what I was doing, which was a song yeah. I sang. I'm, I'm doing my, my music. I'm, I'm sharing it to not just the, the young people, but it's, it's now gotten uh, to a larger audience. Yeah. In the sense of from little babies all the way to old folks, my concert is not just a certain age. Yeah. Um, that all ages come. And it's truly been from uh, corporate gigs to little churches in the middle of nowhere to big arenas to yeah even the, the smallest of places you know churches and, yeah. and venues that I know it's I know it's been amazing I know you you've you certainly have come uh, it's been a, a journey for you can we can we maybe backtrack and and go to what it was like to grow up in the Melendez household <laughs> Well I'm one of four yeah There's, uh, two boys two girls and my mom and dad, you know, I, I love them dearly, but my mom was a little more, Ay, Tony, I'll do it for you. you know, she spoke Spanish, so she would Ay, Tony, te quiero mucho. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. My father was more, no, let him do it. So, right. I think I got a good balance of the, of the two of them. Yeah. And, you know, I think through the years that's kind of even helped, you know, just my own character. Even. Yeah, because you certainly don't, uh, th- not a lot of things seem to have gotten in your way in terms of what you, you think you can do or cannot do. Right, you know, for you know, I know we're on. I know we're on the radio. A lot of people can't see me. I was born without the arms. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I do everything with my feet, from driving a car to turning, turning pages in the, uh, in a book. I mean, I could yeah. string a guitar. Yeah. Uh, I could clean the guitar. I mean, what the hand could do, my foot can, pretty much, uh, almost. You know, not not all the way, but almost do just about everything a hand could do. No, I know, and and some things that some people even with arms can't do, you still can do. <laughs> <laughs> like play guitar. Um, just a note for anyone that might be uh, just tuning in at this at this point, wondering what it is we're talking about. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara, man. You're speaking. Uh, I'm speaking with uh, Tony Melendez, singer-songwriter. Um, uh, Tony, there was a time when you were considering the priesthood, and uh, it made me wonder: w- were God and religion a big part of your life always, growing up? Uh, you know, at first I didn't really know what God was. You know, as a kid, I would go to church. You know, I was a little kid, and I'd go underneath the pew, and, you know, my dad would pull me through, you know, by my <laughs> legs, and, you know, pull my ear and say, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, but in high school, something, I should say a retreat really sparked my heart. Right. And it opened my heart in a bigger way to ministry, to, you know, uh, open my eyes to that priesthood. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of pursued that dream. Yeah. So it was kind of... Um, uh, ironic where you know, here I am later on playing for the Pope. He jumps off and he says, continue what I'm doing. But earlier I was trying to join them. I was trying to get in as as a priest. Right. But they had a role and still have the same role. You have to have at least a thumb and an index on each hand. Right. And being born armless, I don't even have a hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I totally respect it, you know lifting of the chalice. Um, right, for the consecration of the Eucharist, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, the Eucharist, you know, there's so many things that they just use their hands. Yes. <laughs> and it's very, very much necessary. But you... And what sorry. the blessing was, is was the music. The music put me right next to a priest. Yes. Except 
I was playing a song or praying or you know, being part of the wedding or, or the baptism or a funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, I was there with my music, you know, and it took me into hospitals and it took me into prisons. So literally, I was beside a priest musically. God yeah. knows what he's doing. No, and you've been able to do things that sometimes maybe as a priest you would not have been able to do in terms of reaching certain groups of people. Yeah, um, it's truly been ex- exciting. I remember one time being on a Joan Rivers show. Yeah. Uh, you know, in uh, I was in New York. And, you know, this is a secular world. It's a nighttime show. And at the end, you know, her show's not on no more, but she's like, oh, God bless you, you know? Yeah. And, you know, she's, she, be, she could be kind of harsh, you know, very secular. So <laughs> yeah, I was amazed that she even said, God bless you. <laughs> right, exactly. Joan Rivers. Um um, you are, like you said, you're fairly busy with, you know, 15, ah! 25 days uh, a month uh, traveling. But you also have, uh, you have a show that you do in, uh, in your hometown. Are you still doing that? Is that part of the, the ministries yeah. that you're doing? Yeah, the show has ended. Okay. Uh, it was a little more on the secular side. I, w- I was able to do Christian elements in the show. Yeah. Uh, but the, I did it for four years and the show ended. And I, I still get called, uh, you know, even during that time, I, I I got off the road for four years and did a show here in, in Branson. It's kind of like a mini Broadway where there's shows in theaters, but okay. not, to, not to that level. Uh, but it's beautiful. I'm in the middle of the Ozarks, and, you know, there's kind of like a 10-mile stretch of shows in theater, and, you know, from Andy Williams to many country singers is kind of the the heart of Branson, I would say there was more country uh, musicians that have come in. Mickey Gilly has a show here. Yeah. And it's truly, it's truly been, you know, uh, a show that I really enjoyed being part of just because, uh, you know, it kept me home. I got to see my wife, my kids. Right. You know, was... I'm married. And I wanted to ask you about that. that. That it kept me home. I wanted to ask you about that. So, so your kids are, uh, they're growing up. I, I think we could hear a little bit of, of them in the background just now. Or, or it <laughs> yeah. sounded like a toy. Oh. Uh, the telephone and my kids. Uh. <laughs> so you you are able to spend as uh, as much time as possible with with your wife uh, and your uh, your wife Lynn, right? And uh, right. and uh, and your two children now. Yeah, I mean that that was a blessing to come here in Branson because I was telling my brother, you book another gig, you better cut off your arms and learn to play the guitar because <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> and you know it kept me home, and the blessing was to be able to be home with my. My children were very little, you know, one, two, two years old, three yeah. years old. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was a, a good chance to kind of just uh, take a break from the travel, because right. by then I had been traveling, you know, throughout the country, you know, 42 countries yeah. in the United States. I've been to every state in the United States. In Canada, you know, I haven't seen all of Canada. Yeah. Uh, and I've been probably more in the Toronto area. Yeah, no, and... Uh, uh, in Latin America, but now that you're doing more, more, more things in Spanish too, yeah, more and more in Spanish. So it's it's kept me busy. Well, that's good, oh. um, Tony. That's about all the time we have. But uh, um, I will. We will be directing people to your website if anybody wants to find out more about your Alrighty. music. Okay, and and uh, and so it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Um, thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Blessings. You too.
That was our featured artist of the week, Tony Melendez. We spoke to him earlier in the week. Tonight, he's playing a concert at the 20th International Festival of Religious Song in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information about Tony and his music, go to his website, TonyMelendez.com. And now, here is Tony from his album, Ways of the Wise, with one of my favorite songs of all times, You Are My God. I really, really like that song. It's such a great song. That was our featured artist of the week, Tony Melendez with You Are My God. It, it, it really leads me to, to worship and pray. Um, I'm Pedro Guevara Man. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. And our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And here with me again is Mary Rose. Hello. So second half of the country with our second half of events. That's perfect. So Saskatoon. Theology on Tap, November 25th, 7 to 9 p.m. at Lydia's Pub on Broadway. The topic is uh, 
a discussion actually on our baptismal call and being stewards of the earth. So the topic is, I mean, the title is baptismal call to the environment. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're not aware, Theology on Tap is a free speaker series for young adults, 19 to 35. There's actually a Facebook group, Saskatoon Theology on Tap on Facebook. So you can find out about what's happening by going there or emailing youthmen at saskatoonrcdiocese.com. Excellent. Now in the same uh, diocese on Sunday, November 29th at 7 p.m., St. Michael's Parish, young adults can learn, discuss, and share their Catholic faith. I know they don't have in your faith, but they have this option of the, the credo meetings being held the last Sunday of every month. And this year, credo will be exploring the topic of the sacraments. Very good, very important. Now in Toronto, on December 3rd, the Canadian Catholic Bioethics Institute invites us to the 2009 annual lecture a deeply human need, palliative care for the young, the old, the marginalized, and homeless. The event starts at 7 p.m. at Carr Hall, 100 St. Joseph Street in Toronto. All are welcome to attend this free event. Very relevant, the conversation we just had with Michelle Bulva, and she talked about how palliative care needs to be the option that we need to look at before we start looking at euthanasia. So if you're in the Toronto area, you want to find out more about palliative care, that's the, that's the lecture you want to go to. Now, if you're a film buff, uh, film buff, <laughs> film buff, you yes. can be bulky and love film. If you're a film buff and you love discussing film, this one's for you on November 30th. From 7 to 10 p.m., you can enjoy a faith and film night with the Daughters of St. Paul. Yes. I've been to one of these, and these are fantastic. And we love them. They're good friends. So everyone views a film in its entirety during this evening, then place the viewing experience in dialogue with the previous Sunday's Gospel reading. Yeah. And this event takes place at the Pauline Book and Media Center in Toronto. And for more information, visit the Archdiocesan website. Mm -hmm. Now, Halifax, just to give you a heads up for an event coming up, um, the Women of St. John the Baptist Parish in Armdale invite you to a Women of Grace study series. So this is a 12-week series beginning on January 14th at 7 p.m. in the Parish Hall. So in a group study format, they, they look at video lectures by Jeanette Benkovich, host of The Abundant Life on EWTN. Yeah, yes. And they'll delve into deeper prayer, sacred scripture, church documents and teachings, the catechism, the lives of women saints, and the example of Mary, our Blessed Mother. It's just too bad they don't have mothering full of grace. They could mm, be looking at that Maybe we should too. send it to them. <laughs> well, to register and for more info, you can contact Debbie Richard at Richard at eastlink.ca. You're asked to register by December 1st of this year. So that's for people in Halifax. Um, that concludes our events segment for now. Thank you, Mary Rose. And again, a message to all of our favorite listeners out there. Remember, let us know about your events. Send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Miros Bacani. And be sure to tune in tomorrow, Sunday, November 22nd, for an all-new witness. That's right. Father Thomas Ruzica interviews Sister Marie Vianney of the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia. So this is someone you know very well, Mary Rose. Yes, very well. Actually, one tidbit about her. Her father was a friend to the group of seven artists. Oh, really? She's not only a fantastic artist, but also a very, very devoted um, Nashville Dominican. So, so that is uh, a great interview on witness. Uh, Father Tom Rosica interviews Sister Marie Vianney uh, of the Nashville Dominicans. That's tomorrow, Sunday, November 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. 
And if you like what Sister Marie Vianney has to say, you can learn more about her and the Nashville Dominicans on Tuesday, November 24th. That's right, because that's when you can watch Beloved, a documentary on the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia, better known as the Nashville Dominican. We've been calling them Nashville Dominicans, <laughs> but they're the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia. Mary Rose, you produced this documentary, Beloved. Yes, and it was really an exciting journey, just the production of it. Um, seeing these young, intelligent, beautiful women so in love with God mm-hmm. and their um, congregation getting all these vocations every year and their retreats, their come and see retreats have 40 to 60 young women coming. So it's really has been an ex- exciting experience. Yeah, I think it's one of the largest growing, or if not the largest growing congregation in North America. So that's the Nashville Dominicans. The, the documentary is called Beloved. It's produced by Mary Rose Bacani. Um, it'll be on Tuesday, November 24th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. That's 9.30 Pacific. So that's all for programming, but we need to remind you that we are looking for your favorite Christmas songs. Yes, we're doing the top 15 Christmas Christmas songs for our Christmas special, and we need your input. So write to us at radio at saltandlighttv.org and tell us which is your favorite Christmas song and why. Yeah, so if there's a little story that goes with the song, you know, like like the song was playing in the background when your husband proposed to you or, or something like that. And uh, we'll pick the best stories to read on the air. And if you don't write, you'll be stuck listening to all my personal stories about Christmas. And that's not exciting No, <laughs> No, it isn't. So, um, and it's more work. So write to us, fave Christmas songs, okay? And go do it now. And remember, check out our website, www.saltandlighttv.org. And check out the radio page on that same website. And look us up on Facebook. We need more fans. And check out our blog for more articles on euthanasia and assisted suicide. That's www.saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And write to us. Do you think that euthanasia or assisted suicide should be legal? Radio at saltandlighttv.org. Well, that brings us to the end of the program, Mary Rose. Next week, we're going to be airing a special concert by John Michael Talbot to begin getting us in the mood for Advent. And uh, so that's it for now. Thank you for being with us. I'm Mary Rose Bacani. And I'm Pedro. And this has been Salt and Light Radio.